the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, May 12, 2019, on the basis of 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 13. Anytime you go to the doctor, it almost always starts out the same way. No matter why you went, no matter what your symptoms are, they will almost always do some of the same things. They will check your temperature, they will check your pulse, they will listen to your breathing, and they will check your blood pressure. Of course, there's a very good reason why they do all of those things. In fact, there's even a term that communicates it. Those things are called your vital signs. Those are your body's most basic and important functions. And so if those things are going right, chances are you're in pretty good shape. If any of those things is going wrong, odds are you might have a serious problem. In fact, it's kind of nice that there's such a quick and easy way to assess your overall physical health. And so wouldn't it be nice if what's true of our physical health would also be true of our spiritual health? That as we go through different struggles and face different challenges as individuals, as we make different plans and go through different stages as a church, that there would be this quick and easy, readily identifiable sign that would indicate whether or not we're still healthy, whether everything is still working the way that it should. Well, there is actually. And it's the very thing that the Apostle Paul talks about in these verses. These verses were written to the church in the Greek city of Corinth. And this was a group of Christians that from the outside looked very, very good. They were very knowledgeable in their faith. They had all kinds of spiritual gifts. It seems as though they had a fair amount of wealth and they were generously willing to give of that wealth. And yet, if you know anything about the church in Corinth, you know that it was a hot mess. There were divisions and factions in the congregation. There was jealousy and favoritism. Even on Sunday mornings, the one hour a week when you'd hope everyone could set aside their differences and come together as one, there were all kinds of fighting and all kinds of conflicts. And so in these verses, Paul pointed them, and he points us, to our vital sign. The one thing more than any other that indicates spiritual health. And the good news is, this vital sign is easy to detect. You don't need any fancy equipment like a stethoscope or a thermometer. It doesn't even take a couple of fingers on the inside of your wrist or your mom's hand placed on your forehead. No, this vital sign is something that we can easily see in ourselves and that others can easily see in us. In these verses, Paul is going to show us that the vital sign for our spiritual health is love. In fact, Paul starts out these verses by making that very case. He says, The thing that we should pay attention to more than anything else is love, because love is the biggest indicator of spiritual health. As I said, the Christians in Corinth had all kinds of things going for them. But Paul says that without love, none of it mattered. You can have all the spiritual gifts in the world, but if you don't have love, you have nothing. You can have the most knowledgeable, most intense faith in the world, but if you don't have love, you have nothing. You can give away all your possessions. You can be willing to die for your faith, but if you don't have love, none of it matters. That's important for all of us to hear this morning, including me. See, I don't know if you have figured this out yet, but I love knowing God's word, and I love knowing it well. I love being able to communicate it clearly and convincingly so that other people know it too. And in fact, some of you are the very same way. And that's great. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. But we can know our Bible backward and forward, and if we don't have love, something's seriously wrong. In the same way as we think about what makes someone a healthy Christian or what makes us a healthy church, it would be easy for us to say things like, Isn't it great when a church has people who can sing or who can play instruments to enhance our worship? Isn't it great when a church has people who can lead and organize others, who can teach Sunday school and lead Bible studies? Isn't it great when a church has people who generously give up their time to help us carry out our ministry, who generously give up their money so that we can pay for that ministry and even purchase land and build a building? And yes, 
Yes, all of those things are great. They really are. But if we have all of those things and don't have love, Paul would say we have nothing. If we don't have love, something is seriously wrong. Love is the vital sign for our spiritual health. And so that's why we want to make sure and check it. But that raises an important question. How? How do we know whether we have love or not? Just like when doctors check your temperature or your heart rate, they need to know where those things are supposed to be. So also, if we're going to check this vital sign called love, we need to know what it's supposed to look like. And that's why I'm glad we're looking at these verses today. See, when a lot of people hear these verses, they probably picture something like this. These verses are often read at weddings, even though they're really not about husbands and wives at all. And that's perfectly fine, I suppose, but maybe, maybe it contributes to a false understanding of what love is. Causes people to picture love as this very flowery, very romantic thing, that love is all about the warm and affectionate feelings that we have in our heart towards someone else. And of course, that's what a lot of people think of when they think of love, especially love between a husband and a wife. And that's why I'm glad we're looking at these verses today, Mother's Day. Now, when we think of the love of a mother, we might picture something like this, something just as flowery, just as romantic, just as full of warm and affectionate feelings. And yet, if you're a mother, or a father for that matter, and if you've made it past this stage of parenthood, you know full well that your love doesn't always look like this. In fact, maybe even more of the time, it looks like this. A picture that shows us that love is gritty. Love often makes us do less than pleasant things for the person that we love. A picture that shows us that love is painful. Love means doing things for someone that might cause them to actually dislike you. Love is often unappreciated. Many of the things that you do in love for someone else won't earn you any fame or recognition. In fact, they might not even come with a thank you. Love is stubborn and determined. The thing that indicates that you love someone is not that you do nice things because you feel like it, but for the very reason that you don't. That's exactly the kind of picture that the Apostle Paul paints of love. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. In other words, if you love someone, you won't treat them badly, even when they deserve it, and you will treat them well, even when they don't. He says, love does not envy or boast. Really, two sides of the same coin. That person who is constantly jealous because he thinks everyone else is or has more, and the person who is an absolute pompous windbag because he thinks everyone else is or has less, are really more similar than they are different. Both are the center of their own little universe. Both measure everyone around them only in relation to themselves. But Paul says love is self-forgetting, not self-seeking. Paul says love is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love means that when someone else, is wrong, someone else wrongs you or hurts you, it is not like a spark that falls on a bed of dry leaves and then instantly bursts into flames. Instead, it's a spark that falls onto the surface of the ocean, harmlessly and instantly diffused. On the flip side, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Love recognizes that God has, in fact, designed us in a specific way, that his will for us is the best way we can live according to that design. And so if someone is living contrary to God's will, that's not a reason for rejoicing, but an opportunity to help someone see the truth. Paul says love always protects. Love snuffs out rather than stokes the flames of gossip that might damage someone's reputation. Love always trusts and always hopes. No matter what someone's past performance might be, it does not affect our future expectations for them. Love always perseveres. 
Whether you feel like it or not, whether you've done it a million times already or not, love keeps going. Friends, this is how we can check our love. In fact, it's sort of like a picture that we can hold up and then compare to a picture of ourselves. We can say, if love is the vital sign for our spiritual health, is it dialed right in at 98.6 degrees or is it completely out of whack? It's not a difficult diagnosis to make, really. I'm guessing that when you look at this picture of love, you come to the very same conclusion I do. That sure, every now and then your life might bear some resemblance to it. Every now and then a trait or two of this kind of love might come showing up and shining forth. But overall, big picture, the picture of my life and the picture of this kind of love look absolutely nothing alike. Which leads to maybe most, the most important question Paul answers in these verses. What can we do about that? If love is the vital sign of our spiritual health, and if, when we check that vital sign, we see crystal clear evidence of just how spiritually unhealthy we are, what do we do? How can that problem be addressed? Well, Paul points us in the right direction. After giving us this picture of love, Paul makes this bold claim. He says, love never fails. In other words, you can expect that this kind of love will be tested and opposed in our world, but it will never fail. You could run this experiment as many times as you want, but the results will always be the same. Of course, the problem is, you and I can't run this experiment. You and I can't see how perfect love holds up against any test because we can't put this perfect love into practice. And yet, thankfully, there was someone who could. Of course, Jesus is the very embodiment of this kind of love, and so it should come as no surprise that as Jesus came to this earth to put this love into practice, he was very much tested and opposed. When jealous types came into contact with Jesus, jealous types who couldn't stand that his popularity was greater than his, it's no surprise that they constantly tried to attack him and to ruin his reputation. When self-seeking types came into contact with Jesus, people who viewed Jesus as a threat to their precious power and prestige, it's no wonder that they tried to have that threat eliminated. When judgmental and self-righteous types encounter Jesus, it's no wonder that they absolutely could not stand his willingness to keep no record of other people's wrongs. You put this embodiment of love into a world that is steeped in the very opposite, and it's sort of like when a human body has an organ transplant. The very first thing it's going to do, as soon as it recognizes that foreign and unwelcome guest, is it's going to attack. It's going to do everything it can to expel that unwanted intruder, even put him up on a cross. And of course, the sweet irony is that as the world was acting true to its own nature in putting the embodiment of love to death on a cross, Jesus, the embodiment of love, was being true to his nature by willingly letting it happen. Letting it happen for the very people who were doing it. Letting it happen for us for our forgiveness, for our salvation. Yes, on the cross, this perfect love was put to the test, where the ultimate experiment was done to try and prove that this love was worthless. So how did that test turn out? Well, thankfully, we can summarize the results in just seven short, emphatic words. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Yes, as Paul says, love never fails. In fact, Paul goes on to talk about how all those other spiritual gifts, gifts like knowledge and prophecy, they will all fade away, but love never will. Love is the very essence of heaven because love is the essence of God. God himself is love.
And that really answers our question. How can we address this problem when we see that the vital sign of our spiritual health doesn't look very healthy at all? Well, one day we will be able to see this perfect, fully embodied love face-to-face and know this love just as fully as he knows us and then we will be able to love perfectly. But in the meantime, we can always know this love more. We can always stare into the face of this love more. And friends, the more we do, the more like him we will become. Yes, God's love for us is the only source of our forgiveness. It is the only hope for our salvation. And it is the only power that we have to address this problem of our spiritual health, to make our love more like his. And in the meantime, don't get discouraged. In fact, believe it or not, it's actually kind of a blessing that this vital sign of our spiritual health will always be a little bit off. Why? Because it forces us to remember and it gives us an opportunity to share with others that when it comes to this vital sign of our spiritual health, there is only one doctor and only one cure. No matter how great our love hopefully becomes and no matter how much people are drawn and attracted to that love, make no mistake, we are not the main event. We are not the destination. Jesus, of course, is. Just like the most important thing for your physical health is not that you always feel perfectly fine, but that when you don't, when something goes wrong, when something breaks down, that you know where to go, that you know where to find the cure. So also when it comes to our spiritual health, the most important thing and the thing that matters most is not that we always get it right, not that our love always looks perfect, but that when we recognize just how spiritually unhealthy we are, we know where to go for the cure. The cure for our spiritual sickness is not a thing, but a person. It's love with a capital L. It's not anything found in us. It's only found in Christ. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.